0: This is an EM Pulse Heartbeat with your host, Sarah Medeiros.
1: He came in by ambulance short of breath. He was already started on CPAP by the paramedics, and still, he was clearly working hard to breathe. He looked sick, uncomfortable, scared. He was solidly built, older. His methamphetamine use over the years had taken its usual toll, and his teeth were all but gone. As we got him over to the gurney and his shirt off to switch to a hospital gown, we all noticed the number of Nazi tattoos. The swastika stood out boldly on his chest. SS tattoos and other insignia that had previously been covered by his shirt were now obvious to the room. Don't let me die, doc, he said breathlessly as the respiratory therapist switched him over from the paramedic CPAP mask and machine to ours. I reassured him that we were all going to work hard to take care of him and keep him alive as best as we could. All of us being a team that included a Jewish physician, a black nurse, and an Asian respiratory therapist. We all saw. The symbols of hate on his body outwardly and proudly announced his views. We all knew what he thought of us, how he valued our lives. Yet here we were working seamlessly as a team to make sure we gave him the best chance to survive that we could all while wearing a mask, gown, face shields, gloves. The moment perfectly captured what we are going through as healthcare workers as this pandemic accelerates. We exist in a cycle of fear and isolation. Fear of getting sick on the front lines, fear of bringing this virus home and exposing our families, fear of the developing surge of patients, fear of losing our colleagues, fear of not having what we need to take care of these patients. And isolation because we don't want to be responsible for spreading the virus, knowing that we are surrounded by it on a daily basis. Isolation because no one else can truly understand this feeling, these fears, the toll of this work, but we soldier on. Unfortunately, society has proven unwilling to listen to the science or our pleas. Begging for people to take this seriously, to stay home, to wear a mask, to be the break in the chain of transmission. Instead, they've called the pandemic a hoax, called us liars and corrupt, told us we are being too political by worrying about patients dying and trying to save lives. They've stopped caring about our lives, our families, our fears, worried only about their own. Our patient was already on high respiratory support and still working hard to breathe. So I asked him about his code status and if he would want to be intubated Knowing that was all but inevitable and wanting to ask before the hypoxia made him more confused and unable to answer. He said that if a breathing tube was the only way he could survive, he wanted us to do everything we could. So we would. We were out of other options by this point, so we prepared. I've faced these situations countless times since medical school. Not the intubation, which is routine for me and my team at this point. The swastikas the racist patients. Every time I feel a bit shaken, but I went into this job wanting to save lives and every single time I've been able to smoothly and quickly move through my emotions to do so. They came here needing a doctor and damn it, Taylor, you're a doctor is a mantra I've repeated to myself when I feel like my empathic core wanes. As I stepped out of the room to gear up for this high-risk procedure and grab my equipment, I checked my PPE. I had my N95, face shield, gown, gloves. Was I safe? Was my team safe? I pause to check and make sure that I had all of my equipment and backups if needed. I run through the meds and the plan with the nurse and the respiratory therapist. I pause. I see the SS tattoo and think about what the patient might think about having a Jewish physician taking care of him now, or how much he would have cared about my life if the roles were reversed. And for the first time, I recognize that I hesitated ambivalent. The pandemic has worn on me and my mantra isn't having the same impact in that moment, all this time soldiering on against the headwinds, gladiators in the pit. And I realize that maybe I'm not okay.
0: Welcome back to impulse The story you just heard was that of Dr. Taylor Nichols, Dr. Nichols is an emergency medicine physician in Sacramento and a former health policy fellow at UC Davis. He first shared this story as a thread on Twitter in late November 2020, where it received over 120,000 likes and 48,000 retweets. Today, he shares his reflections on the entire experience. Wow, Taylor, that's so powerful. I remember reading it, and it really resonated with me at that time. I think. You know all of us have had some sort of experience that brings those same feelings out and this one definitely hit me pretty hard at that time this story kind of went viral i think it resonated with a lot of people it was picked up by media outlets around the globe so tell us about the positive response that you received to this
1: it definitely seemed to resonate and i had an incredibly overwhelming response primarily positive People were super supportive. It was nice in that moment at probably the depth of the hardest part of the biggest surge of the pandemic so far to have that kind of message received. I think that's a feeling a lot of us share regardless of our role or our occupation of just this fear, this isolation and and the struggle. I think that moment really captured all of that for me, and that sort of summary of all of those feelings, I think is something that we all can understand that around the globe, we're all sort of going through this, we're all in this together, and we all have those fears. So I think it spoke to that for a lot of people, and I got a lot of messages of understanding and of appreciation, which was super, helpful and positive and encouraging.
0: And then unfortunately, you also got some negative reactions. So can you tell us about some of those?
1: Yeah, some of the reactions were doubting, and I'm not really sure what motivates people to doubt something like this, especially when it's brutally honest. I've always been fairly active on Twitter But I don't often share much about my personal life or my personal feelings. And so this was a bit out of my comfort zone. And so having people come in and doubt your emotions, doubt your experience is certainly hurtful within the medical community. We've had these experiences. We've seen these patients. It's not uncommon for us, unfortunately, to... Uh, experience racism and see or see patients with swastikas or with racist things tattooed on their body. I think it's vastly more common than people are willing to acknowledge or, or that people understand in general.
0: How did you respond to those negative responses? Were you surprised? Were you angry? What was your reaction?
1: It certainly surprised me. But in the end, what I took away from all of it was that I I didn't take it personally. I didn't take it to be hurtful, but it certainly was disappointing. I think it's a little bit of a reflection of where we are at as a society that we're struggling with this conversation on race, on racism, and even acknowledging the existence of racism is hard for some people. And I think that was the thing that sticks with me more so than any sort of personal hurt that I recognize that what this reflects about who we are and where we're at with this larger conversation.
0: I had reposted one of the media stories and there was a very thoughtful commentary from one of our nurses, Joe Helfridge, and Joe said, Wow, that is a very honest piece about what it is like to practice emergency medicine, followed by a comment section that somehow both demonizes him and holds him to an impossible standard. He tried to be vulnerable and is immediately attacked. This is where the ambivalence comes from. Everyone, you missed the point. We are people, we care as much as we safely can, and we are so tired and we'll be back tomorrow.
1: That is so exceptionally well said. You know, we started out being revered as heroes in healthcare. None of us asked for that. None of us really think of ourselves as heroes. I certainly don't. Quite the opposite. This is specifically speaking to the fact that we are human, that we experience emotions just like anybody else, that we share their fears, that we share their anxieties, that we share their feelings of isolation. The greatest flaw I guess, is to continue to hold us up to the standard of being heroes. We're not heroes. We're just human. We're just here trying to do the best that we can. And that's really what I was trying to express with that thread to begin with.
0: And now that there's some time between when that story happened a few months ago, and we're kind of in a different place with vaccines becoming available and starting to see a dip in the COVID numbers, when you reflect back on that story now how do you feel
1: that story reading it again takes me back to a totally different place we've seen the numbers start to come down we're starting to see the beginning of the end whereas when i wrote this we were right at the beginning of the surge and we were about to see the worst since then I've been vaccinated, I'm more than a month out from receiving my second dose of the vaccine, and the relief that I've felt since being immunized is indescribable. I don't feel the same sense of fear that I described in that thread. What I was feeling at the time is something that we all on the front lines shared, is that we had had essentially 10 months at that point of every day that we went to work, we were afraid that we were going to get sick and we were afraid that we were going to bring it home to our families. We didn't know initially how it was transmitted even, right? It was a novel virus. I was like stripping down in my garage and changing and like washing my shoes down and immediately going to shower before i even hugged my my kid so taking that fear that we had held on to this anxiety we had held on to for so long and no longer feeling that is just an incredible weight lifted so with the time that's passed and with being vaccinated i feel so different now just going to work and knowing that I'm not going to die from this. I'm not going to get sick to the point that I need to be hospitalized. And that at least as far as the data that we know now shows that I likely will be unable to transmit it as well. And that is huge. That is such a huge relief. That is what I want for everyone. And I know that, you know, because this resonated so much, because this story sort of took off, other people share these feelings. Other people share this experience. And that same fear, that same isolation, that same anxiety, the The relief comes at the end of the course of vaccinations and that that's how we're going to wind this down. And I'm so much more hopeful now than I was at the time that I wrote this.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a completely different headspace. Everything feels different. It's easier and more fun to do our jobs. It's starting to feel a little more like back to normal. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for speaking with us, for sharing your story and the aftermath of your story. I really appreciate you being so open and vulnerable with everybody at that time and sharing that. It really meant a lot to all of us.
1: Thanks so much, Sarah, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: It's so interesting to look back just a few months ago when things felt, frankly, much scarier. Here in California where I am, things are starting to look up now. COVID cases and hospitalizations are down and we now have multiple safe and effective vaccines that we're working hard to make available to everyone, starting with those who need the most. For those of us on the front lines, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting much, much brighter. Thanks again to Dr. Nichols for sharing his story. We'd love to hear your thoughts and reflections, so hit us up on social media at eImpulsePodcast. And if you can take a moment to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us reach more people. Thank you to the UC Davis Department of Emergency Medicine and to Orlando Magania at OM Audio Productions. And check back in two weeks for the second half of our series on telemedicine. See you next time.